JM and the AM on a Thursday morning. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Well, you can imagine when the congressional hearing took place last week, uh, you can imagine how anxious uh, we were to get Dr. Alan Kadish on the air. He is a, I don't know if he would say this with pride or not. We could ask him, but he is a colleague of the presidents of universities around this country. He is, of course, the uh, president of Turo University. And he joins us live via telephone on this Thursday morning. Dr. Kadish, happy Hanukkah. A pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Happy Hanukkah. Great to be here. So I'm watching this as so many have watched it, uh, whether it was live or they saw the, the recording of it afterwards. Uh, the congressional testimony uh, obviously focusing on the three figures from the University of Pennsylvania, from MIT, and from Harvard University, I mean, Harvard University, we're talking about the creme de la creme, supposedly, of academic institutions in this country. And um, we, we were anxious to find out what you were thinking. Uh, you, you know a lot of these people. As I said, you are colleagues with presidents nationwide. Uh, you're very familiar with what's happening on college campuses. And many of us, of course, think that a lot of this has sprouted forth instantly because of the war you might be able to tell us that really all of this had been uh, had been growing and growing on college campuses for many years what were your thoughts as these three presidents were telling congress the country and the world about their attitude toward campus policy when it comes to anti-semitism well obviously i was horrified by the failure to immediately condemn and agree that they would take action against killing Jews. And horrified might be an understatement. But I wasn't necessarily shocked. And I wasn't shocked for a couple of reasons. One is exactly the point you just mentioned, which is that the way that Jews are treated on college campuses has been deteriorating over the past two decades. And it's primarily been because of this emerging idea that Jews are white colonialist oppressors. And in the current climate where colleges and universities and the students and faculty feel that their most important social need is to stand up for those who are, quote, oppressed, Jews have been targeted until recently, sub rosa or you know, quietly, informally, as oppressors. And so um, I think that the testimony you heard on Capitol Hill, which did condemn anti-Semitism, right. but also failed to take the appropriate action, both before the hearing and when asked about it at the hearing, is a reflection of the fact that the status and standing of Jews and Israel on college campuses have been deteriorating for two decades, and we've seen this. And I think that perhaps unconsciously, those presidents who testified were showing a clear double standard where Jews don't have the same rights and don't have the same consideration that other groups do. And that, of course, that's the definition of anti-Semitism. What do you think of the context argument? Because m many suspect that if there were other groups that were excused or, uh, you know, or um, 
uh, or if that situation was dismissed with a context argument, uh, there would have been a, you know, a revolt uh, among faculty members and, uh, and students at these universities. What did you think of the context argument being used when it came to Jews in Israel? Well, it's much worse than that, actually, because tiny offenses against any other group are aggressively reacted to with suspensions, firing, censures, but killing Jews suddenly results in the protections of the First Amendment. That's okay unless it's taken in context, turned into action, pervasive and repetitive, uh, all kinds of legal evasions. And that's really what you and I both just spoke about, which is the definition of anti-Semitism is treating the Jews differently, having a double standard. And that double standard uh, has clearly been in evidence. Um, And so there's no context for hate. There's no context for murder. There's no context for what Hamas did on October 7th. Some things are just wrong, period. And... Um, some of the college presidents who testified were able to say that subsequently or were forced to say that subsequently. But at the hearing, I think they reflected the environments that have happened on college campuses, which is that Jews don't have the same consideration that others do. And that's created this atmosphere of discomfort for Jewish students and of pervasive anti-Semitism. Dr. Alan Kadish is with us, president and CEO of Turo College. I'm going to pick up in a minute on the discomfort that you just brought up. But i got to go back in time for a moment. because, If I'm not mistaken, you're an Ivy Leaguer, right? You, you attended an Ivy League institution, I, I would assume, sometime in the 70s, right? I did. I was at Columbia. Now, does any of this surprise you? Does, does your campus of the late 70s resemble... An Ivy League, and I'm talking about obviously with attitude and philosophy. I'm not talking about the physical campus. Does it resemble the type of campus that you were at back then? Uh, no, no, it doesn't. I mean, the one thing that's similar, of course, is that um, in the late 60s and early 70s, college campuses were hotbeds of activism uh, against the Vietnam War. But um, I didn't feel at that time significant discomfort for wearing yarmulke, being obviously Jewish. I had friends of all kinds. And the atmosphere, while not perfect with some Israel-related issues, was pretty good. Um, And that's despite the fact that the Department of Middle Eastern Studies was already there, the School for International Affairs had begun some of its anti-Israel talks. But despite that, the overall atmosphere on campus was good. Things have changed dramatically, and as I mentioned, I think the changes have happened over the past 10 to 20 years. Um, And anti-Semitism, look, it's been around for 2,000 years or more. We were under the illusion that it disappeared, and I think um, what really happened was that anti-Semitism didn't disappear. It just became inelegant and impolite. Yeah. You mentioned the 20-year thing last time you were on, and I think you're right. I think 2,000 is really a significant uh, mark on the calendar on the historic calendar about when so much of what we're experiencing today really revved up like you say it's been around for 2000 years but i don't know 20 years ago all of a sudden things really started to accelerate if we look at it in the context of recent history all right before we talk about the discomfort on campus that's an important topic let me just ask you one more thing about the testimony um 
when the president, and I, I know that, you know, it's not really fair to ask a university president to analyze the, the, the punishment given to another university president, but I'll ask the question. You can decide if you want to answer it. Uh, in so many other cases, I, I think it would be obvious that she would have to step down permanently and really, you know, not be part of the institution anymore. Well, she has stepped down as president or will once uh, you know a replacement is named, but she's still a tenured professor, member of faculty, part of the staff in the institution. Does the does the the Jewish piece in in the world of of um, academia only have a certain amount of 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 pressure that uh, that we can wheel that we can uh, that we can exhibit? Because you know that if other groups were on the same side and experiencing the same thing, the likelihood is that someone like her would be completely out of the institution. So I don't think it's a question of Jewish pressure. I think it's a question of what our colleagues who are in the majority think about what's going on. And university administration is very complicated. There are multiple different groups that have power that need to be considered. And tenure, which the former president of the University of Pennsylvania, Liz McGill, has, is extremely powerful. Mm. And the circumstances in which one can revoke tenure are pretty limited. Um, And so I, I think that the fact that she resigned as president and the chairman of the board resigned are both extraordinarily important statements. And I think focusing on the fact that she, like many other tenured professors at Penn, may not exactly be where we'd want them to be um, is uh, is not as important as the public resignation. And in fact, I, I don't think she's by any means the worst of the tenured professors at Penn. Wow. And so, uh, you know, that, that part, I'm, I, I wouldn't focus on too much. Wow. Very interesting. All right, Dr. Kadish, uh, you talk about discomfort. And we know it. We know that many students and, of course, parents around this country, you know, are rethinking where they're going to be. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, in your position, you're encouraging people for, for good reason because of the Turo environment, you know, to come to your institution. That, that's obvious. And, and, and uh, you know, we get that. Um, when you talk about discomfort, are you only referring to, you know, actual physical safety? In other words, if, if a student feels or a parent feels they're not safe on a specific campus, they've got to make a switch to a much more friendly environment like yours. However, if they feel safe physically, but academically and philosophically, you know, that's a discomfort they feel that may not be as much of a reason to leave an Ivy League campus. What's your perspective when it comes to physical discomfort and when it comes to just the discomfort of feeling or holding a certain way politically? So I don't want to focus too much on saying someone should leave or not leave. I think you've made you've made a good case for why we think Turo is a great place for students. Right. But what I what, what I will say is the following: uh, when students are in college, there are a number of things they want to get out of their experience. Um, learning facts or knowledge or critical thinking is extremely important, but so is social interactions and networking. And I think the thing that's most disturbing about this is uh, even if Jewish students are not subjected to physical violence, in some cases, they're being ostracized, particularly if they express their support for Israel or, or are overtly Jewish. And what 
I think is important to consider is what the college experience is going to be like when you have to do what come many students who have attended our graduate schools have told me that they've had to do as undergraduates, which is to kind of hide their Jewishness, stay with their own, not speak up and not have the same rights of expression that other students have because of the social and other pressures that we placed on them, including grading from professors, if they speak up about Israel and about their Jewishness. So I think that that has to be balanced against the other advantages of, of some college experiences. And I don't want to say that there's a single right answer, but I think it's far more than physical violence that's concerning. And it's also what, how are you going to come out when you're subjected to intense peer pressure? Because after all, we're all human beings. And if you, even if you come in with the right values and the right attitudes, four years of intense social pressure can change things. And so there are concerns well beyond just physical violence. Yeah. Well, you, you've said a lot, even with what you didn't say, frankly, but that is uh, uh, quite an important perspective for both students and parents to keep in mind, especially this time of year. There are a lot of people making decisions about, uh, uh, about what, where they're going to be next academic year, and this is really important for students, Jewish students and parents around the country uh, to consider everything, including what you just mentioned. Uh, I take this opportunity to wish you a very happy Hanukkah. I'm assuming that your campus is one place where there's uh, no fear or discomfort when someone lights a Hanukkah like tonight, and there'll be eight beautiful lights uh, shining on that menorah. I'm assuming that uh, it's only a celebratory atmosphere on your main campuses. Absolutely. Um, but we've, we've been pleased that uh, while there are some differences of opinion on some of our campuses, like the graduate schools, which are a very diverse student body. Right. So far, the people seem to be getting along and respecting each other, by and large, and uh, we're very pleased about that. Amazing. Kalakavod, thank you so much. Happy Hanukkah, and thanks for joining us this morning. Take care. Thank you. Enjoy. Dr. Alan Kadish, who's president of Tura University, his perspective on some of the stuff that's going on in this country right now, including the congressional hearing last week, which was a watershed moment in so many ways. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Round the world of web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app.